Hey there, listeners. It's that time of year again. The summer is wrapping up, and I'm taking a break from the podcast to spend time with my family and prepare for the show's upcoming new season. So that means that starting this week, I'll be sharing Build Your Best Family's most popular episodes. These are the episodes that you downloaded and shared the most. If you are a new listener, you are in for a treat. These are some of our best episodes. And for those of you that have been around for a while, get ready to relive those aha moments and spark great discussions with your friends and loved ones about how you can live a life of intention and purpose with your family. I'll be back before you know it with fresh new content. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the podcast. Stay tuned and remember that family culture isn't about perfect. It's about purpose. I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. I am so excited to have Megan Delman on the podcast with us today. She is a certified trainer and nutrition coach who's passionate about helping moms love and thrive in their God-given bodies. Through her immensely popular podcast called Self-Care Simplified and online training programs and courses, she is committed to coaching women along a grace-filled journey so they can achieve lasting strength and health. In our conversation, we talked about the most common struggles women have when it comes to their bodies. We talked about the lies that we believe about our body that impact our daily life, and we also talked about the relationship we have with ourselves and our body and how that impacts and trickles down into our family life. I love Megan because she takes the stress out of fitness and nutrition, making it easy, approachable, and sustainable. Her Instagram account is one of my favorites to follow because the exercises and encouragement that she shares there, it keeps me inspired in my own journey. But before we get started, I wanted to tell you about our updated Build Your Best Family signature course. On this podcast, we talk a lot about values and about how knowing those values will change everything. It will help you say yes to the things that matter and no to the things that don't. It will allow you to use your time, money, and energy in a way that gives your family life instead of depleting it. It's the difference between going with the flow in your everyday or living with purpose. Knowing your values and building a family brand will take you from surviving to thriving, And don't we all want that for ourselves, but most importantly for our kids? Our Build Your Best Family online course provides step-by-step instructions to help you decide what you want your family to be known for, determine your family values and passions, and then make room for them in your everyday. For only $97, you'll get seven video modules with step-by-step instructions, PDF worksheets with exercises that you can come back to over and over again, plus discounts for one-on-one coaching to help you clarify your vision and determine practical steps to make it happen. I promise you that the work you do in this self-paced course will help you improve your relationships, take back control of your time, and parent with purpose. If you want to find out more details, just head over to buildyourbestfamily.com forward slash resources. Now, here's Megan. Hey, Megan. It is fantastic to have you on the podcast today. I am so excited to be here, Kimberly. This is going to be a really good conversation. I can just feel it. Yes. So we met three, is it three years ago almost now? Or 
Whoa. Yeah. It was right before the pandemic. I know that was 2019 in November, Uh right? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. In Nashville. So it was a pleasure to meet you then. And I've been following what you've been doing ever since. And I'm so excited to talk about it and let our listeners know about it. So really excited too. Yeah. Before we get started, I want to, I want you to answer a question that I ask all my guests. And that is what is your family known for? This is such a fun question because I really, you know, this is something that nobody's ever asked me. And so I had to really stop and think about it. And I think, I think what our family is known for is adventure. And before we hit record, you and I were chatting a little bit about what our family life and, and culture is kind of like, and we're always on the move, like doing something new, something different. And growing up, I always felt like, okay, if a family is about adventure, they must be like hiking every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> like if you call yourself an adventurous family, it, it must equal weekend right. hikes. Right. <laughs> and, and that's, that's not us, but I have to okay. say, I'll give my husband credit for this because he's far more of the extrovert and we have got, we've got two boys that are really busy, but he and my boys, they just love new fun things. Kind of like what's next? What can we go do? What can we, what can we try now? So we have an RV, which we happen to be living in at the moment. <laughs> so that's another new adventure. But we also have a boat and last summer was our first summer with a boat. And it was just really fun to get the boys out and learning, wakeboarding and trying new things. And so there's always some new, fun, exciting thing happening, which I, I, like I said, I got to give my husband credit for that because I'm such a homebody. I don't like disruptiveness. I I like to just keep (laughs) things peaceful and steady. And so I think if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be doing anything fun. We'd just be reading books (laughs) and drinking tea, but we are always on an adventure. And so it's crazy and chaotic at times, but definitely we're known for being the adventure family. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. The oh, non-hiking yeah. adventure. For not, <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. We don't hike either. Like my husband's not into like anything that would involve bugs. Like right. he's, he likes the outdoors, but like in the woods means there's more bugs. Like, yeah. ha- like doing something strenuous means I'm going to sweat and then I'm going to attract more bugs. I'm like, <laughs> and then they're going to come. Be, yeah. It's supposed to be romantic. People think this is romantic. He's like, yeah, no, find something else to do. Like <laughs> for sure. It. And I, I'm just not into the, I'm not into the hiking boots either. Mm-hmm. I feel like if, if I can hike in my normal everyday tennis shoes, then that's a great hike for right. me because it right. means that it was not scaling up the side of a mountain, which yes. I would do. I can, I can physically do that, but it's mm-hmm. not my cup of tea. And I'd rather just wear normal clothes. Like the moment <laughs> you reach to the realm, like, okay, now you need hiking gear, or special equipment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's next level. That's yeah. a different type of adventure. That's not, not quite my jam. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all right. All right. So you work with moms of all ages and stages in your coaching program. So I'd love for you to just give us a little bit of information about your coaching program, but then tell us about what are some of the common struggles that you see women have with their bodies? Yeah. So I've been coaching and training for coming up on two decades now and, and mostly women, especially in the last 15 years, I've been training and working with women and, and I do offer a a full number of, of programs and ways that I can meet moms specifically, right, right where they're at. But through all of that, I think there are two 
struggles that I see women have the most often with their bodies. And I see it over and over again. There's this overwhelming sense of discontentment that they feel in their body. Like something's not right. I don't like this. I'm not happy right now. And and we perceive that as, you know, a negative body image. We, we say, well, I, I have a negative body image. I struggle to have a positive attitude or a positive outlook about our body. But this sense of discontentment really leads to these two major struggles that I see most often. And the first one is having an all or nothing mindset. And the closest cousin to that all or nothing mindset is perfectionism. And I think we're all so familiar with this feeling. Mm -hmm. And this is where you feel really discontent. You know, maybe you wake up one day and you feel really miserable in your body. You recognize that you're doing a very poor job of taking care of it. You're unhealthy. You're exhausted. You feel like you're ready for a change. And so you attempt to change all the things, right? Right. All of, all the things at once, you know, you're going to work out five days a week. You're Mm going to eat perfectly and and you try to do it all perfectly, which is impossible. And, And pretty soon you realize you're, you're in well over your head and it's overwhelming. And then you give up. So you're either going all in or you're doing nothing. And I think that is a really, really common struggle that women mm-hmm. have. And it stems from that sense of discontentment. I think another mental struggle that women have that stems from that discontentment is playing the comparison game. We're so familiar with this. We play this comparison game with ourselves and with others. I think we're really familiar with comparing our bodies to others. I think as we age and get older as women, we, we stop doing that quite as much. We're less insecure about our own identity and who we are in relation to other people. But we really start to struggle with comparing ourselves to who we used to be. Mm. And where our body is at now compared to where it used to be. You know, as wrinkles start to form, as skin starts to sag, as pains and aches start to creep in, maybe your body's not functioning the way it used to. Maybe you've recently had kiddos. And so your postpartum body feels like a foreign territory now. And you're like, who am I? Who, this is not the body I'm familiar with. And so we really play that comparison game of, I'm, I'm discontent with how I am right now because I know what I used to be like. So I really feel like those are, are such massive struggles that every woman, mm-hmm. wherever they're at in their fitness and nutrition journey, they're thinking through those things on a daily basis, always kind of hovering in the background because of this sense of discontentment. Mm. That's good. As you're talking, I literally was thinking that those two struggles apply to so many things. Like I think about Mm. that in terms of family, like too, we wake up one day and we want to overall overhaul our family. And we like try to do everything all at once. And then we give up and we're discouraged and then we're done because guess what? You can't change, you know, you can't do a morning routine, change your meal time, start doing, you know, devotionals every morning and like, (laughs) you just can't do it. No. And even discontentment, we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. And so those other families and what they, their family does. And mm-hmm. well, you know, should I be having adventures like Megan's family? <laughs> those are, those are big struggles that really impact so many areas of our life. Yeah. Yeah. They're huge and they really trickle 
in one area. But what I love is that when you can overcome it in one area of your life, mm-hmm. it does affect it in another. Yes. You're more aware of it in your other areas. So when when you're struggling with that all or nothing attitude and trying to overhaul your family culture and the family dynamics, and you're recognizing like, whoa, 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 I'm I'm getting a little too all or nothing here. You're going to be a little bit more mindful and aware of that in with your health and with mm-hmm. your fitness too. Mm-hmm. So the nice thing with these pieces, because they're all mindset work, this is all personal work, right? Yeah. Especially in our own hearts as moms, <clears throat> when we can work on one aspect, it's going to affect the other thing. So that, that should be you know, a little bit of hope, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh no, I have so much work to do, but it's like, well, actually, if you can work on, on this in one area, it will really help affect other areas too. And it's going to be easier. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So how do you see these mindsets impact daily life? Right. So I think so many times we want to compartmentalize. My body has nothing to do with my family life. My body has nothing to do with my business, my, my personal life, but indeed it does. So what are you seeing trickle into women's lives when they struggle with these issues? Yeah, that's a great question because I think, you know, with our health and fitness, because we have such discontentment and that all or nothing behavior, we end up living a life that feels like a giant pendulum swing Mm -hmm. where it swings really far in one direction, maybe one direction that pendulum swings towards the side of I'm really healthy this month. You know, I'm going to really buckle down. I'm going to eat all the right things. I'm going to sign up for this new thing. I'm going to commit and I'm going to go all in. And that pendulum swings so far in one direction. And then it's because it's so far, it inevitably has to swing the exact amount of distance, the other direction. And, you know, and you feel that's that feeling of I've fallen off the wagon. Mm -hmm. And when this is happening in your health and fitness, you feel like your entire life doesn't have any balance. There's no steadiness to anything. You feel like your self-care is all over the map. And so you can't wake up one day and, and have confidence that you know what to expect for the day. Mm-hmm. And you can't say, Hey, three months from now, my day, the pieces of the day might look different, but I am confident that these big picture habits, the way I'm taking care of myself and the way I'm taking care of my family mm-hmm. is going to look the same three months from now, nine mm-hmm. months from now, mm-hmm. most women can't confidently say that. And there's a yeah. lot of uncertainty with that. And then the family isn't sure either. I know so many moms that hop on a a new diet, you know, we're, we're towards while we're recording this, it's towards the beginning of the year and many moms have started a new eating method or a new nutrition strategy. Um, They don't like to use the word diet because it is so negative, but it is what it is. You know, you probably started trying to buckle down with your eating habits and did something new. And suddenly the family is having to go along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And if you were to interview the children, they'd probably say, you know, well, mom's on her no carb kick again, (laughs) you know? mom's doing the workout thing again. Oh, watch out. Mom's pulling out the old workout DVDs again. And there's just this like knowledge in the back of their mind. Like they're along the ride too, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. and it affects their life. So 
as much as we don't want to admit it, it's the pendulum swing is affecting the mom's individual life and how Mm -hmm. she feels the balance in her own life, but it's affecting the family too, because they're inevitably along for that ride. Yeah. So when the women you work with begin to have better relationships with themselves and their body, what are some of those positive things that you see trickle down? What changes? How does it affect their ability to lead their family? You know, I have a friend, her name's Ali, and she had this kind of experience. She started working with me. And before she did, she mentioned to me that it felt like especially her culture in the kitchen felt like it was all over the place. Mm. She didn't know what she was doing. She was always trying something. She always felt like, you know, I, I want to buckle down, but this is really hard. She just didn't have a clear direction and it felt really messy. And, Mm -hmm. and on the other end of the spectrum, she wasn't physically strong either. She would do the DVD thing for a month, you know, and it would always feel really extreme. She'd show up to a workout class and couldn't walk for four days afterward, you know, the things that we're all familiar with. And after she started working with me, she said that the biggest impact that this had and the, her own relationship with, with her body, the biggest impact that it had was that it just brought some balance to her habits. And in turn, she had that confidence about her own self-care that ended up influencing the entire culture in her home. Kind of what I was just mm-hmm. mentioning, like it just had that trickle effect to everybody. She didn't feel crazy, yeah. <laughs> you know, just this extreme highs, extreme lows. You know, she admitted to me, there were moments when I have eaten more perfectly than now but this is so much better. There's more room for freedom here. And I'm good with that. I'm good to be in a place where things are steady and the family picks up on that steadiness. Mm -hmm. The fact that mom is not so up and down Mm -hmm. and drama, (laughs) you know, all the time, it completely sets a different tone in the home And I think sometimes it just, it starts with mom being like, it's okay if I don't do this self-care thing perfectly, because it's more important to me to learn how to do it steadily Mm. and to have that balance back in our home. And that has a huge impact on the entire family. Yeah, for sure. That starts to create a sense of security and safety. Mm -hmm. Um, I think of my own sort of journey with food, but like in conjunction with how I feel about my body, but <laughs> with food. And I typically do a fast in the month of January. And my kids know, oh, here, you know, mom's fasting. But yeah. I have I have learned new ways. I do the Daniel fast. So I've learned new sure. ways to eat coming out of that every season that I start to bring into my life. And then what I typically do is once a month, I'll do you know, one week of vegan meals. And so my kids, like we've actually have this rhythm around, oh, mm-hmm. it's green chef week. And they tease me and they give me a hard time, but there's a rhythm in our home of trying new things that we'd never tried before. Right. You know, I add a protein for them, um, but we're, we're, there's, even though they, they want to joke around about it, they know it's something they can count on. They know that for it's sure. something like, you know, and even when their friends come over, they're like, oh, and then I have my one friend. She's like, she tells my kids, you know, you can come over to my house when it's green chef week and I'll feed you. Like she I teases. 
but they've come to appreciate food. They know what it's like to eat really amazing foods. And then they know what it's like to like eat because it's delicious and it's amazing. It's the Super Bowl. Like they, they don't, I'm hoping that I'm creating a foundation where it's not all or nothing, where it's not, we're not demonizing, you know, Mm -hmm. having some of our favorite foods that we shouldn't be having every day all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that rhythm that we've created has, has been really helpful because then when it's time for me to do a fast, or when we do have that food, like nobody's giving me a hard time. Nobody's trying to convince me to eat the cake or nobody's trying to convince me. Like they have respect because I've established that this is important to me and this is what I do. I think that's a really important point because I think so often when we try a new eating strategy or when most moms try a new eating strategy, it, mm-hmm. it's met with so much resistance in the family mm-hmm. because it feels like, okay, she's at it again. It's not going to stick mm-hmm. and us in the family want to do it with her. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like you're a lone wolf <laughs> trying to make it work on your own without any sort of support. And as we all know, if you want to see good habit changes in your own life that stick, Mm -hmm. the more support you have, the better. And especially the support from your closest people, the people Mm -hmm. in your family. Mm -hmm. And so, so much better to do, to change eating habits or improve your eating habits in a way that, that the whole family can get on board with it. Mm And they can support you through that. You know, the whole, the whole family's getting on board with you on your, your green week. Mm -hmm. And even when you're doing your Daniel fast, they're not necessarily doing it with you, but they're, they're in the same boat with you in a way, you know, they're, they're helping support you through that because Mm -hmm. it's not, they know that it's not a fad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. It's not just a trend. Like, oh, here goes mom again. Yeah. You know, doing something trendy, and yeah. they'll. And I bring them along with it. And... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I bring them along with it. I'm like, you guys get to pick the protein. Like, you get to have meat, but I'm not changing. I'm not making you a second meal. I'm not making you like macaroni and cheese while I, you know, right. I'm having quinoa with roasted vegetables. Like, we're yeah. gonna figure out how we can satisfy all of us, but but respect like what we're choosing to do right now. Absolutely. So important. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what are some other big negative thought patterns that really prevent us from liking our body? You know, we are so familiar with negative thoughts when it comes to our bodies, but I think if we were to boil it down to what are these thoughts, like, what are these actually stemming from? What, what are the actual thoughts that I have? I think one main negative thought that we have about our body is that your body is not meeting particular beauty standards. So it has to do with more of your appearance. So Mm -hmm. because you look in the mirror and feel like you're not thin enough, you're not fit enough, you, you don't have the right shape, your hair is not a certain color, your skin's not a certain color, you know, you feel like you must be Mm -hmm. less desirable than other people. Yeah. So this is a negative thought about how our body looks, you know, the aesthetics. We also have a tendency to have negative thoughts about how our body functions Mm. or how it's supposed to function or work. This is totally different from aesthetics. This is one that we don't have our guard up against as obviously, because it's, it kind of is sneaky. So Mm. this is when you are frustrated or talk 
down to your body because you feel weak, because you constantly get injured. Maybe you're broken in some way. Maybe you have food allergies. You know, maybe you have issues that are preventing your body from working, quote unquote, perfectly. And so you start to get super frustrated. There's someone in my coaching program that she, she really struggles with this because she has a lot of personal health issues, some autoimmune disease issues. She's had to have her gallbladder removed, you know, just, just things like that, that mm-hmm. really hold her back in comparison to seeing other people and what they're able to do with their body. They can go hike that mountain mm-hmm. and put on the hiking gear and not think twice about it. And she, she can't. And so it's easy in those moments to feel really dis- depressed and discouraged about your body. And then I think we, we touched on this other one a little earlier is just living in the past, you know, thinking back to how your body used to be so much better, used to look better, or it used to function better. So it kind of taps into those first two negative thought mm-hmm. patterns of looks and function, but it's this aspect of self-comparison. And so we start to self-loathe thinking about how our bodies used to look, how it used to function. And so we just start to spiral downward in, in this, like, I don't know, woe is me attitude a little bit. And it's hard to get out of it. It really is. I often think, oh my gosh, like if I had just known then, Mm-hmm. But I've appreciated myself and my body oh, more. For sure. I was in my 20s when I was in my 30s. But I didn't. I was always thinking that I had to work, I had to do something more, I had to do something more. And now I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> now look um, at me. Yeah, <sighs> right. I know. And and like if you could fast forward 20 years now, you would be saying the same thing about who you are right, right now in this right. moment. Yeah. It, it's tough. Yeah. Well, I, I've definitely learned, like, I know because of these fasts that I've gone on and I've learned how to just eat differently, learn how to order my dinner differently and definitely mm-hmm. have gone more towards whole food. I can lose the weight if I need to lose the weight, but, and in the mm-hmm. past I've gotten to that number that I thought was the number. And right. I was able to see, Oh, I'm still not happy. So this has nothing to do with the number. Like, so that's when I had that sort of aha moment that like, this is about something else. Like it, you know, I can work and do all the right things, but until I accept the body that I have, Mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm not ever going to be happy. Do you see that as well? I mean, how do you, how do you coach through that? A hundred percent. I see that all the time. I think because we live in a culture where success is measured by the scale, you know, and especially in an industry that celebrates weight loss so blatantly. Mm-hmm. And we all have friends, you know, that are selling a diet right now or selling this or that. And, and all you see are like before and after photos. And often in, in a lot of my programs, the before and after photos, I wish I could show you the before the heart and after her heart, mm-hmm. her body might look very similar if you could see what she's doing now Mm -hmm. with her body, Mm -hmm. what her habits look like, what her activities look like, how she can move, how she, how strong she is. That's a huge difference. But the biggest difference is her thoughts and attitude and mindset in her heart Mm -hmm. before versus where they are now. 
And I think that that is such a more lasting transformation, but we're not, we're not exposed to that very much. It's not flashy. It's not impressive. There's Mm -hmm. nothing to really show for it, but that's the type of accomplishment that really, really, really lasts. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you hit that number on the scale and you're just like, Oh, well, (laughs) there it is. I guess, I guess that's it. And you realize like, I'm still the same person and the same thoughts and attitude I had about my body didn't suddenly disappear. The moment Mm -hmm. I stepped on that scale yet, we thought it would, it makes you realize that there's a different transformation that probably needs to take place. Mm-hmm. not just a weight loss transformation. There's a heart transformation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a transformation about the way I approach food and realizing that food is not my enemy. Food is something that is my ally towards feeling healthy and feeling really, really good. Mm-hmm. Exercise is not a weapon. I think we tend to use exercise as the weapon against our food enemy. You know, mm-hmm. you eat too much. Yeah. And so you pull out your sword, (laughs) which is that exercise and trying to burn it off. And so, so many of us have that mindset when we're approaching fitness and nutrition, Um, rather than a place of both of these are really good and healthy to do Mm -hmm. totally apart from aesthetics and body shape and weight loss and it's just a more lasting, longer, truer transformation Mm -hmm. that needs to take place in every single woman's heart. Mm -hmm. And I think honestly, until it does, until you finally can say my body right now, I'm at peace in it. I am content. I want to still move towards, I've got some goals still, but that doesn't mean that I feel negative about my body right now. If, if you listening can't say that about yourself right now, there is a transformation that does still need to take place. And it's probably not a weight loss transformation. Mm-hmm. It's probably deeper. Yeah. Well, I too believed the lie for so long that if I looked a certain way, I'd have more friends or I'd have more mm-hmm. opportunities. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and again, that's another thing that it creeps in every now and then, but I found not to be true. Like when I look my best, it didn't, more people didn't like me. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was my, my relationships were really based on how we treat one another and, and, you know, how we're showing up for one another. And am I loving all my friends and am I caring for them? And, you know, quite honestly, like they don't care if I don't look great all the time, or if, you know, I am in a season where maybe I'm heavier than I was before. And so that's, that's something I've had to dismantle and dismantle that in terms of how I look, but also I'm like, what do I, what do I achieve? Like, oh, for sure. if I get this job or if I have this fancy title, like I'll be more like, you know, I don't know, people want to be more my friend. And that, that doesn't, that's not true either. Like, it's almost like you have to achieve the thing that you're working so hard that you think is the answer to order in order to realize it's just not the answer. It's not the answer at all. And And unfortunately, we, most of us have to learn that the hard way. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I could tell someone all the time, like, you know, even my, my boys, I can see them doing that in school. You can Mm. tell that they're, they're telling their friends things to be, to gain approval, you know, Mm -hmm. from their friends. And I just want to be like, Hey buddy, that's not who you are. Like, just be you, be yourself, like be 
be who you are designed to be. Don't try to say things or wear things or do things to impress other people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we need someone else to grab us by the shoulders and, and tell us that ourselves. We all need to hear that every yeah. single day. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what are some do's and don'ts when we're passing on that healthy mindset to our kids? I mean, I almost you know, I was thinking, oh, our girls are girls, but I have a son and you have two sons. Mm-hmm. I mean, my son is uh, 15 years old. He hasn't, you know, gone through the big, the big stretch. I don't know what you want right. to call it. And he, he focuses more on his body than I ever thought a boy mm-hmm. would. But I know he, talking to other moms, that that's an issue for some boys, especially if they're in sports and they want to be bigger, stronger, fast. Mm-hmm. If their friends are growing when they're not growing. So whether it's our daughters or our sons, what are some of, what, what are some of the do's and don'ts and how can we, what are some of the language we can use when talking to them? I, I believe that the absolute best thing that you can, so here's a do, the, the best mm-hmm. thing that you can do to pass on to your kids is teaching them balance and moderation. You know, we talked about that a little bit earlier of just trying to stop that pendulum from swinging so much. Like that is such a good, just approach to health and fitness that is so key for, for kids. We live in a diet culture. We just do. We live in an extreme workout culture. And as I've talked to so many other moms that have told me, I grew up where my mom was always dieting in one way or another. She hated to exercise. It wasn't like who she was. And so I never had that modeled for me very well. I recently was doing a little bit of research and and discovered a shocking, shocking number that the average adult will do 126 different diets over the course of their life. Wow. Like just hearing that just crushes my soul and, and the impact that that's going to have on the next generation of the people Mm -hmm. that are around that person that's doing so many, I mean, that's like five or six different eating strategies over the course of the year. Wow. That's crazy. So if there's anything that we can teach our, our kids is to not do that (laughs) and to live a balanced life. So you teach them these are the things that help you feel your absolute best. This, if you eat this way, you will feel your greatest. If you're in sports, you're going to operate really, really great. Mm, that's good. But these other foods, they're not going to make you feel so well, so great. If you don't train and exercise for your sports, you're not going to feel very good. And so you have to be more in the mind of what can I do to steward this body. So it functions at its great, at, at its mm-hmm. best. So I feel really good. An example of this is my son, my 11 year old, he's, he plays club soccer. So he plays soccer almost year round. And he had one day of pretty intense soccer where he had, I think a two a day, a, a, pro, a game in the morning, and then a big gap. And then a game in the afternoon. And he skipped eating lunch for whatever reason, I think he was in the car and and didn't eat the lunch that I had packed for him and tried to show up to his afternoon game. And he's like, man, mom, I just didn't feel really good. I'm like, Hey buddy, that shows you right there. The importance of, of eating that food that didn't feel really good. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, let that be a lesson that 
what you eat directly impacts how you feel. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you can't ever have treats and sweets and things, just recognizing, Hey, it doesn't make you feel very good. If you want to feel great, let's do this other stuff. Let's eat this other stuff. So mm-hmm. teaching them how to be more mindful and aware and approaching their habits from a balanced and moderate angle. Mm-hmm. And it starts with us. We have mm-hmm. to model that for them. We have to show them what that looks like. My yeah. kids see me eat pizza and ice cream with them. They see me, if I don't feel good, I, I don't do a workout that day. I don't punish my body. They know without a shadow of a doubt, you could ask my boys, who's, who's the strongest mom that you know? And they would, they would both say their own mom. Like it just, they see me training and yeah. exercising a lot, but what they don't see is extreme behaviors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the results will shake out for themselves, but I'm confident that I can say that I'm not teaching them extreme behaviors mm-hmm. and having negative relationships with food and exercise. I am teaching them balance and moderation. And I, mm-hmm. and I hope and trust that that will have an impact in their life. Yeah. You know, I even think like a typical sports season, I have a, a, one daughter who only played one sport. So she's yeah. missing every single day for three months and then she's done for the rest of the year. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you still got to like get off the couch and start moving. Yeah. And why don't you go for a walk with me? And why don't you mm-hmm. ask a friend to go to the gym? And like, so that goes back to balance, whether it's food or moving. Like, you know, these are great that our kids are involved in things, but how can we do something that's steady and sustainable instead of right. going to the extremes? And to approach it from a place of like, this is not punishment. Like you have to burn right. calories or something like right. you get to move like your body. And the more you move your body, the better it feels to move mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so to change our language a little bit of like, you don't have to exercise. Like, here we go. Today's a family exercise day. Like it just ends up having this like negative feeling versus like, Hey, let's do a bike ride together. Or do you want to go on a walk with me and go down to the swimming hole and we'll swim together or something, you know, it's like, or even something like sledding. Yeah. You know, where we let you could tell, I mean, that is like a workout without, them oh my goodness, a hundred percent. And, and trying to use language of like, wow, isn't this cool that my body, that your body, we were able to hike this hill like 27 times. And that was so cool. And I don't know about you, but I want to make sure I can still do this 30 years from now. So I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure I can still go sledding mm-hmm. as often as I can. and. So to always be not spinning it, but making sure that the, the words that we speak about fitness, about nutrition is always in a positive, feel good mm-hmm. light and not like a, you have to, you you're supposed to, you should, you know, mm-hmm. that can really damage for a long time. Oh yeah. That's good. That's good to be mindful of for sure. Yeah. All right. So talk to us a little bit about what you offer and what happens when we come to visit your website. I I just love helping moms love their bodies. And as a mom myself, I, I know the mind and the heart of moms and what's going on in, in their minds when it comes to their bodies. I know her pain. I know her struggles, her frustrations. And mm-hmm. 
I've spent years crafting and creating opportunities that meet her right where she's at with whatever the struggles are and gently guide her to where she wants to be. So Mm -hmm. I have some of the best programs on the market right now for very specific issues. Like if she struggles with back pain on a regular basis, or maybe she's recently postpartum and doesn't know how to pull her body back together. And it feels like, ah, this postpartum body is not what it used to be. And it, and knows that it can be. So I've got some really specific programs for issues like that. But if you're ready to just find balance and rewrite your future with food, with exercise, and start to just shift the conversation in your home around your healthy habits and how you take care of your health Mm -hmm. and how you take care of yourself. And because you want to leave a lasting legacy with your kids. My suggestion is that the absolute best place to start with me is in my total nutrition reset program. So in this program, I I walk with you for 30 days and I help you reset your eating habits from the ground up. And if you need to get the workout ball rolling, I can help you with that too. That comes with it. So all they need to do is go to totalnutritionreset.com and find out more information about that. But I did put something together special for, for just your listeners. Okay. Um, so if your listeners go to vigayofit.com slash build your best family, I do have a free nutrition report that is going to carefully walk them through some of the long-term dangers of many of the most popular eating methods today. Mm-hmm. And then it, It helps reveal just a better way to eat healthy for life, to help move them in the direction of getting out of the diet culture, stopping that extreme pendulum swing, and finally moving to a balanced, steady approach in their kitchen, in their home. So if they just go to vigayofit.com slash build your best family, I'll give them that for free. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, I really enjoyed this conversation. I know our listeners will too. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I appreciate it. You can find Megan at visiofit.com. She's on Instagram as Megan Dalman. I'll link to this and where you can find her podcast, Self Care Simplified, as well as the body type quiz she mentioned in the show notes. If you want to dig deeper into what we've talked about on the podcast each week, check out the Build Your Best Family Facebook group. It's where we hang out with some fabulous women to practice what we've learned. There's also encouragement, group coaching, and incredible resources there too. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose.